you have been designed for this mission to be the ultimate infiltration units. Some of you may not return. Actually, none of you will return. But don't let that get in your way. Is that clear? It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... Padme meets with her old friend, the Separatist Senator Mina Bonteri, to try to forge peace for the galaxy. But the dastardly Count Dooku and General Grievous have other plans, bombing the capital itself and throwing peace talks into turmoil. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Anakin Tamar Soka. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hello, everyone. We're going to talk about the 53rd episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 3, Episode 10, Heroes on Both Sides. So, Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week? I didn't remember much of this at all. And maybe it's just because there's, well, this one and, and, the, and the next one, I guess. They're very quiet episodes. There's not a whole lot of action in it. A lot happens, but there's just not a whole lot of action. So it wasn't something that I that I remembered. But there, you know, as it started to play, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I remember this one. But I mean, it did just it just didn't stick in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I can understand why there isn't a lot of action. Action. It's another one of these political episodes, I guess, similar to the Mandalorian episodes that we've had in the past. And it starts out with the Republic going hard in the political arena as the Senate debates a bill to deregulate the banks, Robbie, in this kids show, supposed kids show. (laughs) And then before long, we have the representatives of the Trade Federation and the Techno Union and the Banking Clan being all military industrial complex about it. So Ahsoka, in the end, kind of wakes up in this episode to what Finn kind of woke up to in The Last Jedi. This idea that was driven kind of in part by this military industrial complex. I mean, this is the whole thing that Finn went through when DJ showed him what was up in The Last Jedi. And of course, in a feature film like The Last Jedi, you don't have as much time as you do in a show like this because we, here we've got a 22 minute episode and what are we like should have done this maths earlier we're fif- about 50 episodes in and each episode's 20 so it's like a thousand more than a thousand minutes of the Clone Wars in so far that's a lot Robbie did you realize that that's a lot of minutes we're, we're already more than a thousand minutes in so that's so that's a lot of setting up of the context of the story that we're told in Heroes of Both Sides and while of course it is simplified for the junior audience I thought it did a pretty solid job of showing what can happen at the political levels of these kind of conflicts and that maybe it's not as simple as Ahsoka had originally been led to believe yeah I mean it's I think it's an interesting thing to bring to a show like this the idea that not everyone who is on the opposing side is just your flat-out enemy. I think that's what's what's really interesting about the concept. Now, you could probably argue that maybe this isn't the arena to introduce some of these ideas, but that's the thing that I, I've always appreciated about this show is the ability to take chances. I mean, since you know Lucasfilm was pretty much financing everything here, he could do what he wanted, right. and he could tell the stories, the, the kinds of stories that he wanted to tell, and I think in a lot of ways it gave them freedom to 
tackle some of these issues and and to present them in a way that, like you said, could be digestible, you know, even from younger viewers. Yeah, and of course, we've known from the prequels before this series ever kicked off, before this part of the story started, that George obviously does have an interest or did have an interest in trying to introduce a young audience to some of these political ideas. And something else that gets introduced in this episode, Robbie, is Lux Monteria. Ahsoka meets this young separatist lad, and he's been told by his friends that the Jedis are all cold-blooded assassins. And of course, Ahsoka goes there thinking that all of the separatists are cold-blooded separatists. So what did you make of this kid, Robbie? He doesn't seem he doesn't seem so bad, does he? Maybe he's a little easily led to believe that the Jedis are the baddies, but then he's a kid, so can we really blame him? Well, I mean, if you blame him, then you have to blame Ahsoka as well, yep. right? I mean, that's I think that's the point they're trying to make here. And, and uh, no, I, I like the character, and it's not really a spoiler to say that we might see him again. And so there's some interesting... I mean, if you want to say he has an arc, I mean, he's got a very, very interesting story. And this is just the beginning of it. I feel like the introduction of Lux is sort of the... I would say almost if you look at Lucasfilm as a whole, I almost think that these kinds of stories and the way that there's, it's not just the Jedi, it's not just, you know, the Sith and the Separatists and the battle droids and and there's all these players already involved, but they're introducing other characters. And it seems to me that it's almost the beginnings of what I I see to be the current canon, you know, with all of these different stories that are, that go through all of these different aspects of the of the galaxy, which is it's really really fun. And to be able to see this side of the separatists is very it's 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 welcome. Yeah, I thought they did a real nice job of balancing the writing and the characterization of Lux. We don't get a whole lot of him, but they don't fall into any stereotypes with him. He's obviously a kid that's grown up in opulence. You know, he's the son of a senator in these very beautiful gardens and what have you, but he doesn't come across as kind of a snot-nosed brat, and he, and he listens to Ahsoka as well. And maybe part of that is... You know, you're in front of a Jedi Knight who you've heard are these deadly beings and she's got her lightsaber on her hip. So maybe part of his respect for her is it comes out of fear. But that, that doesn't play like that. It plays as if he's just kind of a good lad, you know, and he's been told a few things that maybe aren't quite right. And so this meeting of these two characters, as short as it is, I really dug that part of the episode. Another part of the episode that I dug that maybe was too short was the scene where these disguised battle droids throw off their cover and open up on the poor old control room team and that's really the first time we get to see what these bad boys are made of and these things i thought were super cool robbie they kind of reminded me both in body mechanics and in sound design with their spooky deep robo voices of the mondo shawans from the fifth element which are the kind of the neutrals in the fifth element right but there's something about the way those guys moved in that movie that always stuck with me and maybe the way these guys have their heads kind of forward like their necks are kind of more horizontal i don't know but obviously they're far more agile than those mondo shawans but how did you like these battle droids pretending to be sanitation workers robbie did you think these things were cool yeah, I mean, it's a really neat concept. I mean, it's they're not only cleaner droids or masquerading as cleaner droids, but then they turn into these, I mean, they're they're quite terrifying uh, droids. I mean, they yeah. take out everybody with ease and they're like super super well armored too. So, I mean, they're they're they would be pretty tough to take out, but then combined with another one, they form a huge bomb. I mean, it's just like yep. what an insane way to I guess, introduce something like this. I mean, it's the first time we've seen anything like this in Star Wars. 
It is, and we first see them, and this, we're going to get to uh, my favorite shot of the episode here, Robbie. That shot of good old General Grievous <laughs> stalking along with his hands behind his back, briefing those infiltration droids, and the camera's slowly following him on like a dolly track. It's just rolling just behind the line of those droids, and it's up close, so we only see parts of them. And at that moment, we're thinking, what are these things going to look like? You know, he's given them the speech as if they're these... I mean, they appear very unfamiliar, like there's some kind of new design we've never seen before. And the old head clanker is giving them that pep talk, and he's like, You have been designed for this mission to be the ultimate infiltration units. And so you're thinking, these guys are going to be mean, right, when you see them. And so I love these shots when they're introducing a new thing and they're building it up and you don't get to see the whole thing, right? You get to see a bit of it and it builds up that tension. And also I love a good general gives his troops a pep talk scene. So that simple dolly shot pleased my very simple mind, Robbie. But what was your favorite shot of heroes on both sides? My favorite shot of the episode is actually kind of a destructive one. But uh, I really, really enjoyed the view of the Senate after the bombs have gone off, after the fires are raging throughout Coruscant. There's a quick shot before, I mean, almost right at the end of the episode of it's a, you know, wide shot of the Senate. And you can see that all the lights are out, but you see all those fires. Yeah. And it's just the, the lighting was just really, really, really neat. I just like the way that that looked. But I will say, though, Grievous's pep talks uh, leave a little bit to be desired because uh you know he's like well you know none of you are coming or making it back i mean it's just the, the way it was done it was it was kind of funny yeah, he goes some of you aren't gonna make it back yeah. well actually none of you are gonna make it back <laughs> i loved it and here's something else too did you notice that ahsoka looks taller and now her outfit has changed as well not only does ahsoka look taller and her outfit's changed anakin has longer hair yep. and looks older. Yep. And I had this as a note. And I was going to ask you, is that just me, Roby? But you got that too, right? No, this was actually, it was on purpose because this is meant to be like in the chronology, right? There's a time jump between the previous episode and this one. Huh. So this is the debut of the new character models that they did for Anakin and Ahsoka. So Ahsoka's outfit makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more, I would say, late teen than young teen and she's she's almost the same height as Padme now so I mean I noticed it right away but I was like did I miss something was there I feel like I missed an episode or something but it's actually on purpose there's a time jump between the last time we see them and now did you find that out from reading about I mean the only way you could find that out is if you read about it on Wikipedia or saw some article right yeah it was it was in the behind the scenes stuff because you would, I remember in a previous episode, you had complained about how her clothing was very yeah. like inefficient. It makes no sense for battle, right? Yeah. There could be a wardrobe malfunction at any time on a battlefield when you're just out there in a tube top. And meanwhile, your master's is wearing armor and Obi-Wan's wearing literal armor all the time. Yeah. It was just kind of silly. And the funny thing about her outfit in this episode, it looks much more suited to action, but she doesn't actually get into any action in this episode. Right. And I mean, it's what I liked about that, though, is that they introduce it in a way to show, I guess it's it's a way of showing that, hey, you know, Ahsoka's growing up, you know, and, and time's passing, right? Yeah. And the sparks are flying between her and Lux. I mean, there's yeah. there's definitely some uh, romantic tension there. And I mean, I just I like the way that they did that. I mean, it's it's cool because, it, you know, you get to see that the character is growing emotionally and it's just kind of cool to see. So one thing we learned from this episode, Robbie, is that Ahsoka's got a new getup and both she and Anakin and I guess everyone, I mean, technically everyone's a bit older and there's been a bit of a time jump. And something else that I learned from heroes on both sides, Robbie, is that separatists are people too. 
especially General Grievous. <laughs> but if you need somebody to give a pep talk, you may not have Grievous do that. You know, <laughs> maybe I worked though. I mean, those droids did what they were supposed to perfectly, and I credit that to General Grievous, <laughs> or as I call him, the Great General Grievous. <laughs> but what did you learn, Robbie, from heroes on both sides? Oh well, that was what I learned about the pep talk. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good one, I guess. Even if we maybe disagree with it, because I'm very biased and blinded <laughs> by my love for General Grievous, I think everything he does is excellent. And so now it's time to sum up and give our ratings, Robbie. Where does Heroes on both sides sit on that four-star Robbie scale? I think this one's a three out of four. To me, it's one of those where even though you can't say you know that it's the most action-packed episode, I think there's a lot of good character and story beats in this episode that I think are worthy and give a lot of background. And especially going forward, I mean, this is this is one of those turning point type episodes that I really uh, I really like. Yeah, even though there wasn't a lot of action, I thought the way that they handled that droid infiltration scene and the way those poor old control room workers got taken out, that was, I mean, that was just a perfectly told part of the story. And uh, like you say, made those particular battle droids come across as appropriately terrifying. And I enjoyed the way that they handled this Lux Bonteri character for the small amount of time that he was on screen. I liked that they made him kind of more nuanced and less stereotypical than he possibly could have been and I've got this episode of 7 out of 10 so I guess roughly at the same point on the scale as you Robbie and that's mission accomplished for season 3 episode 10 heroes on both sides so Robbie won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels sure we are Bucho and Robbie at gmail twitter and instagram that's b-u-c-h-o-a-n-d r-o-b-b-y Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 54th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. So what will that be like? The 1,100th minute or something? (laughs) We'll get it right up there, right? And that'll be Season 3, Episode 11, Pursuit of Peace. And until then, this is your old buddy, Bucho, alongside your trusty pal, Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you. <laughs>